Yes, welcome in everyone. The boys are here Monday night. Let's talk all things championship games. This, of course, is the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast. Hey, we're rolling, we're rolling. We got all game. All game. Stay tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. Yes, welcome in, one and all. I think it's going to be a fun one tonight if the conversation we just had off air is anything like what we're about to have on air. It's a little bit salty from a certain someone on the programme, but we'll get to him in a short minute. But first and foremost, let's welcome in Mr Lambert Monk. Tim, how are you doing, buddy? Yes, very well. Um, yeah, interesting set of games. Brady another Super Bowl. Great. Who will hear for it? Yep, yep, Kaye. Yeah, no, not too bad. Was a uh, was a which was the word profitable one from my perspective. Although I went balls deep on the uh, the Bills minus three, but uh, but the Bills plus three. He could have given me plus thirty, and I still probably would have been sweating. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it's like it's quite quite funny, obviously, because on the Thursday pod we said obviously I was looking forward to the second game more than the Packers one, and obviously. Yeah, lo and behold, Sod's Law, the first game was the best one, so I'm just going to shut up. Nah, mate, listen, we, well, I said, we said on Thursday, I think they both had the potential to be good games, and like you say, the first one probably was the better contest, uh, but some good play on show in both, and of course, let's welcome him in, Kieran, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, we get to see uh, Mr. Ketchup on his steak versus Mr. Kisses his son with a bit too much tongue on the mouth. So, uh, fun Super Bowl ahead, guys. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting because we obviously saw what they did in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago when Tom Brady was with the Patriots. So this is a it's gonna be a very fun, highly anticipated rematch. These would be healthcare workers there as well for those two. Those two they need their brains checking. <laughs> now it will be a fun game and of course we've got plenty of time to build up to that but let's talk fellas about how we have got there and let's start off with the game that was on earlier on in the evening on Sunday of course it was the battle of the older quarterbacks let's put it uh, that way shall we it was of course Tom Brady up against Aaron Rodgers and it was a game that um to be fair, the first sort of quarter was was sort of fairly even. I thought it went sort of back and forth a little bit. Um, real momentum shift just before the half um, and just after the half, which I suppose ultimately you could point out to be the real key as to why the Buccaneers obviously ended up being victorious in this one. Bit of controversy at the end in terms of some questionable decisions, to say the least, from a uh, Green Bay perspective. But Tim... Uh, like I say, first half was was relatively even, but some real big turning points to see the side of the half, wasn't the buddy? It was indeed, yeah. The three three kind of plays turned this game, and you know, not even three picks from Tom Brady could uh, could help the Packers get back into this one, even though you know, well, you know, they had the three chances to, to to go and level the scores. But yeah, obviously, the Scotty Miller 30, 39 yard touchdown prior to half time. I don't know what Kevin King's doing. I don't know if he should be on the streets right now, but you know, not that I want to wish anyone uh, no, no job. But he had possibly quite quite possibly one of the worst performances I've ever seen this season, let alone the playoffs, let alone a championship game. Um, yeah, how and you know, it, if it was a play called, I mean, that was Greg Williams against the Raiders kind of play called zero blitz, wasn't it? Just let's just give up. But you, you know, you, you don't even have to defend the sidelines. That's what that's what is is just blows my mind. Just don't give up the touchdown because they didn't have any touchdowns. They didn't have any uh, timeouts left. Thirty nine yards to go. You know, they're, got, they're not going to kick a field goal. You know, it's going towards the end zone. Why have you got so many players up towards the line of scrimmage? What are you doing? And Scotty Miller just on, on the go route. Uh, obviously, he's, he's not the slowest of people in the world. Um, but yeah, Kevin King, like even with the other touchdowns he gave up, he just looks slow. He looks the high school slow. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. Then obviously. That gives the the the, the, the Buccaneers of eleven point lead, and then the two plays in the each uh, for, the, for the first two, first drives for each team in the second half. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones coughing it up, and then he didn't return. He was obviously um, it's suffering from uh, embarrassment rather than maybe a chest injury. I don't know what the injury is, but um, he he he, well, he wasn't seen again for the rest of the game, was he? Um, and then the one play later after that, Cameron Bray in the open as you like in the end zone. Uh, for another touchdown, Tampa Bay, uh, Cameron Bray making Tampa, Tampa Bay break again. Um, and then, yeah, that was that kind of felt like it, didn't it? You need you, you kind of thought the Packers needed to score on that opening drive, uh, at least uh, a, a field goal. And then, you know, to make up for it, Matt LaFleur decides to go for a field goal um, late on. To, yeah, 
to make it a five point five point game. Uh, I mean, he did it late in the first half as well. Get the kick to field goal uh, after they got down to within you know goal to go situations twice. They got there and kicked and kicked field goals after you know, five out of the six passes to Devontae Adams. We mentioned it last week. That's all he looks at. That's all he sees in the uh, when they get to, to that part of the field. But um, yeah, not yeah. Matt Lafleur's coming into it for a lot of criticism, rightly so for that last for that last one kicking a field goal. Um, but the other factor in this game as well, um, yeah, especially in the first half, I think which was big for Tampa Bay, um, was with the third down conversions. Uh, it was nine out of fourteen, I think, in total. I mean, how many how many drives in that first half did we see him go to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin to to extend the drives uh, where the Packers, yeah, because they weren't short third downs either. Uh, you know, these were you know, some of them were double digits, but just extending the play. I think the Chris Godwin one was a 15, 15 yard slant after the catch for on a third and fourteen. It just that's the difference between guys that have been there. Yeah, because Green Bay were quite good on third down as well. Yeah, eight out of fourteen. But this is there. That's the difference between guys that have been there, done it, and done it all before. And you know, you know lesser lesser people and lesser lesser quarterbacks would have been five for fourteen, six for fourteen, and um, it would have been a lower scoring game. But yeah, well, yeah, it was a good game. I say it was, it was actually quite amazing the momentum you know the, the pendulum of momentum for each team throughout the game because green bay got out and green bay were looking quite dominant and then tampa bay swung it back and obviously had, had the, the 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 halftime stuff that went that went on and put tampa bay firmly in the driving seat and then they say always with those pick those three picks the more picks that tom brady did i think it was at what three he didn't have any in 372 passing attempts in away since week one um to then have like kind of three in a row or what is it, whatever it was three on three drives. Um, they, he looked, looked vulnerable and it's just, it was just amazing that kind of amazing. The Packers didn't make it square, like a square game or go or take the lead. Cause it kind of, kind of felt like they should have done to, to make it a, a proper uh, and, uh, climax of the, of the game. But yeah, it was a good game overall. Um, like I say, it would have been nice for, from a personal perspective to see the Packers, uh, see a Brady, uh, sorry, see a, a Rogers Mahomes Super Bowl, but yeah, Brady, Brady's back to what his 10th. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, he certainly is. Um, it's just frightening the amount of stats when, when it comes to Tom Brady and Super Bowl appearances, isn't it? It is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, probably will never, ever be repeated. Um, but we shall see. Um, obviously, time will tell in terms of that one. Obviously, though, Kieran, Tim's alluded to it there. The second half for the Bucks outside of that first drive, which obviously was just one play to Cameron Bright following the the fumble. Um, you know, it was just one pass and, and that was it. Job done. The rest of the second half was, you know, anything but uh, rosy in the garden, um, to say the least. There was a number of interceptions that were thrown Um you know, in, in terms of moving forward for the Buccaneers, you would imagine that when we get to two weeks' time, they're not going to be able to afford to turn the ball over with such regularity there. Um, anything that you think that the Bucs should be concerned about? Obviously, they've got the win, and that's the main thing. But in terms of coming out of that game, anything that you think they should be a little concerned with? Um, yeah, ball security is the big one, especially from Tom Brady. You could you can forgive the first pick, but the, the second two were just egregious. And a man who's been in the league longer than, you know, most of his fans have been alive at this point, probably shouldn't be throwing picks like that. There's just, <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that as a veteran quarterback. I'm not even a quarterback and I wouldn't throw picks that bad. So uh, we did see playoff Brady though. He he threw a pass to a small white guy, a uh, sixth round pick out of a Mac college. Seems just like the thing for his career now. They've got to be under six foot and they've got to have been at a terrible school and drafted in the sixth round or later. So, you know, congratulations, Tom Brady, for keeping the tradition alive. Um, yeah, I, I just like the the Bucks game. I will say, uh, I think uh, Helena and um, Tony in the chat will be Team Kieran after this because we have the one Aaron Rodgers interception that went to... The Jamaican Bakery. Can anyone tell me why he's called the Jamaican Bakery? Jamaican Bakery. Uh, no. Bunting. <laughs> Brilliant. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Awful. So, yeah, I, I thought I just uh, had to throw it out there. The biggest disappointment of this game, personally, though, was uh, Matt Lafleur. That you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers who in many people's eyes, is the, the GOAT. I know, obviously, Tom Brady's the GOAT, but a lot of people look at Aaron Rodgers as a more complete quarterback and a better quarterback. And when when you've got him uh, on the goal line, the worst thing that happens is, you know, you, you back the Bucks up even more. And Leonard Fournette wasn't exactly gashing them all game, and neither was Rojo. So, I don't know, man. I didn't like the call for the field goal from Matt Lafleur. Just... 
Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers himself, he had a absolutely phenomenal game. Let's just let's not just because he lost. Let's not ignore how great Aaron Rodgers was all game. He was thirty three of forty eight, three hundred forty six yards, three touchdowns, and that lone pick to the Jamaican bakery. But th- this loss is on Matt Lafleur. He he had you know a generational talent quarterback close to the end zone and decided to kick a field goal. It's the disappointing way for the Packers to go out and. It was reflected in Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conference where he, he said, you know, he, he might not be there next year, which is perfectly understandable when something like that happens. But yeah, I'm excited to see what the Bucks do next round. Uh, hopefully, the defensive pressure they were sending against Green Bay, I think is going to work very, very well against Patrick Mahomes. I'll get onto that more when we talk about the Chiefs game. But uh, yeah, I think as long as Brady sort of... Look, I've said this, Bruce Arians hasn't been using Brady correctly all season. Brady on Belichick, he would take what the defense gave him. Too many times this year, he's been trying to force the ball downfield. And I know he's the GOAT, but, you know, I've got noodles in my kitchen with better arm strength than him. So, it's you know, it, it's tough. Uh, I think maybe they game plan a bit better on defense. Uh and just keep look. You've got two amazing backs in Rojo and Fournette. They just need to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands because I don't care who you are. When you've got a guy like Tyreek Hill who can just take off and open up the field, you, the the all they can do is just limit the time of possession the Chiefs have, and because they have that one play ability, you've just got to limit any time they get on the ball. No, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Like I said, we'll turn our attention towards that game over the, the course of the coming weeks. We'll be announcing later some of our plans in terms of the coverage we're going to bring you here at full 10 yards. But just going back to the game, I thought it was a strange decision at the time. I think obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I suppose if they get the defensive stop and ultimately Green Bay then score a touchdown, you know, Matt LaFleur will be lauded as a genius. I think the, the play on third down is the one that is the questionable one, isn't it? That, you know, it seems as though there was a lot of grass for Aaron Rodgers to run into, um, whether he'd have made the end zone or not. Who knows? But as you rightly say, Kieran, worst case scenario, it's probably going to be fourth and goal um, from like the two-yard line or something along those lines. And then even if Green Bay go for it in that situation and come up short, you know, you got Tampa really backed up. Field position would have been absolutely key. Yes, you'd have still needed to have made the defensive stop, but it just didn't seem like a logical call at the time. However, with that being said... Over the course of the game, I think those interceptions that Brady threw, a couple of them almost ended up as glorified punts, really. You know, they ended up deep in Packer territory and the Packers went three and out on both occasions. You know, you know, you said Aaron Rodgers had a good game. I thought at times he did. I also thought that when it really came, push came to shove, um, you know, ultimately he didn't get the job done. Um, you know, he, he had opportunities and, and didn't quite take them if we sort of trace this back though tim let's go all the way back to the draft and it seems silly to do that after a game but you know i think we've got to in this situation because we said at the time when green bay drafted jordan love everybody scratched their their heads as to what on earth were they doing and you know who knows we could be sitting here in five years time and it might have been an absolute inspired selection but it seemed obvious to everybody from the outside looking in that the packers were in a situation that you know they were in the championship game last year they were you know probably a couple of pieces away from you know having another run at it this year they've obviously got this generational talent in Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position and let's face it they did nothing at all to help him outside of Devontae Adams as a real reliable weapon He's got bits and pieces on the outside. Valdez Scantling comes up now and again, or Alan Lazard now and again. You know, but neither of them are really striking fear into most opposition defences. Robert Tonyan's had a breakout season, but they certainly weren't expecting that. And on the defensive side of the ball, outside of the Smith brothers, um, they're obviously not brothers, but they're obviously known as the Smith brothers in in Green Bay. Kenny Clark up front, you know, Jair Alexander on the back end. I mean, outside of those four, I mean, you know, you could probably replace anybody on on that defense. Have the Packers ultimately got what they deserve by not really going all in to sort of give Rodgers the weapons that he needed um, to get out of the hump? Because ultimately, in the cold light of day, they've got as far this year as they did last, and you'd argue they didn't do everything they could to to improve the chances. You're on mute, Tim, I think. 
that's because I sneezed. Um, yeah, no, just to circle uh, circle it all back to you know the, the, the goal-to-go situations, the six attempted passes, five of them went to Devontae Adams, one to went to Robert Tonyan. And, what, you know, just, just for those that maybe haven't watched the I've got to the highlights. The, 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 he went for a field goal with two minutes, two minutes, nine seconds left and um, all three timeouts and to, to make it a five-score game. But I, I just wonder, the reason, you know, I'm not saying I don't defend the decision, I think it's a stupid decision, but I just wonder if he's made that decision because, A, the, the Buccaneers scouted everything that Devontae Adams has done in that end zone. Because there was that one play where it was a, it was kind of a wrinkle on what he got with Jalen Ramsey last week. I think it was at Bunting or something. The, the corner of Tampa Bay just... Snuffed it out, yeah, perfectly. Uh, and like I say, the, the run game had absolutely nothing going. Um, you know, Jones, Dylan, and uh, Jamal Williams like literally got nothing to write home about. I just wonder if he's done. He he he, sur- he surrendered. Well, he essentially surrendered because he kicked the field goal because he, he knew that he wouldn't get um, wouldn't get in the end zone. Uh, so however many yards he was out six or eight. But if you look, going back to you, what you when you you passed it over to me, I'll re- I'm going to read these names out from the 2020 Green Bay Packers draft, and you tell me outside the first two how many people have heard these people's names this season: Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, Kamal Martin, John Runyon Jr., Jake Hansen, Simon Stepan- Stepaniak, Vernon Scott, and Jonathan Garvin. Who? How many snaps are they? Are those guys played this year? Probably what two people, two players, or three three players out of those have, have played. Play snaps uh, this season for the Green Bay Packers. And then you look at the, on the Tampa Bay side. Yes, they brought in Gronk. Yes, they brought in Antonio Brown. Yes, they brought in Tom Brady, who's obviously the marquee sign of the offseason. But you know, read, read the really these guys off: Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield Jr., Sean Vaughan, Tyler Johnson, Khalil Davis, Chevelle Russell, Raymond Calais. Yeah, they didn't have as many pecs as, as the Green Bay Packers did in the 2020 draft, but they made a hell of a lot more difference than the Green Bay Packers on since. And to be honest. Um, that defense, especially Anto- obviously Antoine Winfield didn't play in this game, but um, the moves they made, all right, partly because Tom Brady was over, and it's probably a caveat for him joining. But that is how you support a quarterback. That is how you support the, the people that you bring in to build a team to go to a Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers didn't do that. That is why they're not in the Super Bowl. No, completely, completely agree, mate. And, and like I say, you can trace it for me all the way back to to April. Um, I mean, we keep talking about Aaron Rodgers as this old quarterback. He's obviously been putting that narrative because of how young the guys in the AFC have been. But let's face it: if Rodgers wants to play as long as Brady's played, he's got at least, you know he's got six more years in him at least. And that's assuming that Brady goes this year. And there's now, you know, in my mind, I don't think Brady's going anywhere. Even if he wins it, I think he's coming back. Um, Patriots you know, love him. <laughs> I'm it, sure it they just, we we you know Rogers deserves weapons around him. We mm. going into a historically deep wide receiver draft class last year, and what do the Packers do? They trade up and take a quarterback who threw 17 picks and 15 touchdowns in his final season in the bloody Mountain West Conference of all places, where the best team you're going to play is Boise State, a state known for potatoes and. Uh, a blue field, it, it, it's beggar's belief. And, that they and, can... and Dallas Cowboys draft selections. <laughs> Who cares about that? <laughs> Sorry, um, it, it's just a massive disservice to Aaron Rodgers. And he said immediately after the draft that he went and drunk a bunch of uh, Patron or whatever. I, I don't blame him. I would have gone and slammed heroin in my veins seeing that. I would have thought, oh, my career's over. It was an absolutely ridiculous decision to take Jordan Love. He's a, a fat little dude who played for Utah State who can, you know, in training camp, he's been outplayed by third stringers and career journeyman backups. And it's just disgusting that they've done this to Aaron Rodgers. He deserves better. The amount of talent they had at that point left in the draft and they traded up for that fat little midget who can barely throw a football <laughs> when they could have got him... <laughs> Anyone. They, they could have traded up and got anyone. They could have traded up harder and got Justin Jefferson or something like that. Yet they, they got this terrible quarterback who's probably not going to play. And uh, I mean, even when he does play, he's going to be shockingly bad. And I don't know who made that call, but that GM needs to be shot into the sun out of a cannon. It's probably one of the worst draft decisions I've seen since, you know, the Vikings traded a King's ransom for... I think it was Herschel Walker they traded away uh, and for the Cowboys and that that was a, just a just a poor decision but look it's look you need a new GM Green Bay because you cannot keep doing this and when you've got a guy like Aaron Rodgers you can't just be like oh 
he's okay with Devontae because Devontae is going to be double covered every single game and he's an incredible playmaker and he makes things happen and he has great seasons, but he was held to 67 yards this game and and you had to have Marquez Valdez-Scantlin or however you pronounce his name, had to step up and really make plays when, you know, he's not really that equipped as a receiver to do those sort of things. So, yeah, I just, I just think Rodgers would be best doing a Deshaun Watson and forcing a trade out of Green Bay. And just like I said with Deshaun Watson, the Patriots will accept you happily. I know right now we only have Jacoby Myers, but come on, we'll trade some picks away. We'll go up in the first round. We'll get you Kyle Pitts. We'll get you Jamar Chase. We'll get you whoever you want. Chris Godwin's coming a free agent this year. We'll get you anything you want, Aaron. But yeah, I I think Green Bay fans should uh, turn up to their GM's office with pitchforks and torches and get rid of him uh, because that was, you know, they've disrespected uh, all-time great. Kieran, yeah. Kieran playing, Kieran playing Madden there, and just a just a slang, ladies and gentlemen, do not do heroin. <laughs> oh no, no, that's heroin. It's a, it's a French beverage. Hero, hero wine. Hero yeah, yeah, wine. exactly. It's called Buckfast. Plenty um, for the Packers to ponder in the off-season, that's for sure. Um, I'm sure that they'll be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, we can talk about it more in the off-season. I don't think Rodgers is going anywhere. I think that's a motion at the end of the game. Um, Hard to see him really going anywhere, to be completely honest. I think he'll probably finish out his career there. I know there's always been a bit of a a sort of theory that he may end up um, in San Francisco. But we shall see. Um, there's going to be plenty of quarterback movement, which will, again, like I say, have plenty of time to talk about once the next couple of weeks is in the books. We are about to be joined by a regular Monday night uh, colleague, Mr. Lawrence Voss, who's had some trouble with Uber Eats this evening. That's why he hasn't <laughs> been on at the uh, start of the podcast. But let's welcome him in. Tim will sort out the on-screen graphics for those of you watching along at home. Lawrence, how are you, buddy? Oh, that's a terrible position for it to freeze. How are you, Lawrence? He's gone. He's gone. Lawrence, are you with us? He's he's sleep podding. Hello. There he is. He's got a problem with Uber Eats on his microphone, all in the same night. How are you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Fantastic. What a... Games. I know you've been starting talking about them, but yeah, absolutely magnificent conference championship games. Fantastic. Have you you got a Christmas jumper on? Yes, I have, because it's been cold (laughs) in the man cave today. (laughs) Christmas. I was gonna say, I mean, if the if the Ravens if the Ravens were in the Super Bowl, I could get I could get maybe Christmas coming early for this year, but yeah, you have to you might have to explain that one to me. Fair play, fair play. He's got his Anquan Bolden out behind him. He's uh, he's still very much on that Ravens train. You've just joined us, mate, as we're just about to move over to the AFC. Um, and, of course, we're going to talk Bills and Chiefs. Um, ended up um, quite a comprehensive scoreline, really, 38-24. to 24. Doesn't necessarily tell the full tale. A number of those Bills points coming, essentially, in garbage time after they got off to a very, very good start in this one. Got up to a... A nine to nothing lead, but very quickly, as they seemingly can do at will, the Chiefs scored pretty quickly and pretty consistently. And you know, let's be honest, fellas, it, it wasn't really much of a, a contest as much as we wanted it to be. Kieran, as much as you wanted it to be, let's face it, it wasn't really much of a contest. Tim, your thoughts on the AFC Championship game? Um, yeah, it was it was a bit was a bit disappointment. Not going to lie. Um, well, I think from a, a neutral's perspective, and I think that a theme of the off season, um, I mean, the question has always been how far has Josh Allen actually come this season? Obviously, he's come a long way. We obviously saw how he went out of the playoffs last year, uh, and I think you know the majority of you wouldn't have been shocked by this performance because it you know, again it was a championship game. It's his first one. It was something that was new to him, and there were moments where you did see a 2019 Josh Allen where. 
you know, he took 15, 20 yard sacks. Then he, you know, if it wasn't for him floating or you know, uh, hovering a, a, along the floor, uh, he would have been stepped out of bounds and <laughs> it would have been an incomplete pass on that uh, that weird that weird throw you through. But um, yeah, like I say, with um, with the, with the Chiefs, we've seen it all before with them last year. Uh, you know, another twenty one points in the second quarter. That was all she wrote. That's all they needed. Um, Mahomes clearly, obviously, immune to to turf tone or the drugs that he's been injected into his foot. Uh, worked absolute wonders because you wouldn't even know that he uh you know if you would have been told before the game that he had turf toe you you wouldn't know um but uh, i do i just want to point out one player that i kind of want to just say yeah kind of well done to another youngster uh mccall hardman who would have learned a hell of a lot in that game uh obviously muffed the punt uh early on when you know it was kind of looking a bit dicey for the chiefs um you obviously you know, they, they focused him on the sideline he went under his coat and tried to hide and you know invisible cloak uh like you see in the movies but his teammates rallied around him he then comes on you know has a 50 yard rush on a was it jet sweep or whatever it was and then scores a touchdown as well so um shout out to him but yeah yeah josh allen as much as he peed down his leg a little bit, um, the, the rest of the team didn't really help him. I think that's mainly down to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Um, it's amazing how, you know, statistically they're not, they're, they're by far the best defenses in the league, uh, defense in the league, either against the run, against the, the pass or what have you. But it's amazing how one game they can just put it all together and they can just, they can nullify. I know Stefan Diggs still had a, a fairly decent game with six receptions, about only 77 yards and um, he didn't find the end zone. You know, just need they all this essentially that's all they needed to do. They didn't have a run game. I predicted before the season, before the week started, that Josh Allen would be the biggest, longest, the, the the longest rusher of the weekend, which he ended up doing. But that's unfortunately that that wasn't enough for them. Devin Singletree couldn't get anything going, and I thought I was in 2014 when I saw T.J. Yeldon catching and taking snaps and catching passes out the back out the backfield, and I wondered if I was um, kind of if it was the Jaguars back in, was it 2017, 2017 championship game? Um, so yeah, TJ Yeldon being in a championship game is always a, a sight to behold. Uh, but yeah, uh, shame for the build, but I think again, it'd be, if, if Josh Allen can learn from what he did last season on, on how they went out and learn from this game and, and come back again, I don't see why he can't be in multiple, uh, in multiple championship games and, and maybe even Super Bowls, say, because just for Kieran's sake, because I don't want him to get a tattoo on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, we all remember that. We do all remember that. Um, yeah, I think the AFC is absolutely loaded with young quarterbacks, isn't it? It seems to be very lopsided, actually, if you look at the the quarterbacks and at the age that they are, that the AFC compared to the NFC right now in terms of the sort of young guys and the longevity potentially at the position. Um, certainly more teams in the NFC with questions. We'll talk more about the Chiefs' offense, Lawrence, in a minute, because let's face it, when you've got the likes of Kelsey and Hill and, and you know, as Tim rightly pointed out, Michael Harman had himself a game as well. Um, you know, they get lots and lots of plaudits and lots and lots of praise, and rightfully so. But I think last night it was essentially the defence that really came to play. And as Ross says there, I think the Chiefs' defence yesterday, particularly impressive, Sneed and Honey Badger at the back end of the defence. I thought Brashan Breland had a good game as well. He was very Frank, aggressive. Frank Clark, Frank Clark had yeah. a good game as well. Yeah, very, very impressive from, from all of the, the sort of Chiefs defence, to be honest. And, you know, we said last year, and, you know, I've consistently said it throughout the year, that they were essentially able to bring everybody back. Um, the offence that was great last year has just continued to be great this year. You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't necessarily taken it to the next level as the preseason hype would have made you think he was going to, but, you know, he certainly complimented what was already there and he's found himself a role to play there. But defensively, Lawrence, I think, you know, they've improved massively from the start of where they were last season. And if anything, this is now a more complete team than it was this time 12 months ago. Yeah, and it's 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 the experience as well. The, the, the Chiefs have this just this incredible quality. They almost need to go down. They almost need to be down by double digits to to wake up. Maybe, you know, they, they kind of go, oh, we'll, we'll spot you 10, we'll spot you 14, we might even spot you 17. Hey, we're, we're feeling in a good mood. And it, it kind of doesn't matter because you know that that mentality that Mahomes has got and that offense, that they, they can just score at will, but they need that defense to complement that. And, you know, the likes of, you know, I, I, for me, there was a there was a lot of Anthony Hitchens kind of around making making decent tackles, as you say, 
Honey Badger. He's he's starting to become a a bit of a legend already in his lifetime, and you know we're we're going to be starting to have you know it's not a Hall of Fame yet, but he's he's on that track. He's on the he's on the the Canton track at the moment as he's as he's going, and and Frank Clark as well, just a pest. And then if you look, if you remember last year's Super Bowl, um, Chris Jones' stats were nothing, but he was a huge influence. And again, in this game, Chris Jones, you know, arguably behind Aaron Donald, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. What did he end up doing in terms of the stat sheet? Not a fat lot, but what does it mean (laughs) in terms of... The, the importance of the game he's there he's it's that entire unit has played and and they have kept relatively fit i mean you look at i think i don't know whether you covered or not the the fact the bucks lost both safeties and still managed to kind of get a bit of sticking plaster and and tape to sort of get through it whereas this um this Kansas City defense they haven't really lost anybody and they're they're just they're just absolutely on fire. And then there's one guy that I absolutely love just because of his name. But I think he keeps steadily improving season after season. Is um, Passenois, the again another defensive end, smaller build, but he seems to be um, he seems to be making significant plays. He ends up with a sack on the game as well. So yeah, absolute credit to that Chiefs defense. It's not what anyone's really going to be talking about over the next two weeks. We know we're not exactly what the conversation's going to be, but yeah, you've got to look at you know even even Dirty Dan, even Dirty Daniel Sorensen. Um, you know he's you know he's, he if he hunts a few heads in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs lift their second title in a row, no one's gonna no one's gonna call him dirty anymore. They're, they're Chiefs fans will just call him a legend. So, yeah, it's very, very good performance. And as you say, the the Bills kind of getting, you know, that there's all you know nine points in the fourth quarter to kind of flatter the score slightly. Um, yeah, it, it it wasn't. This was this was a domination. This was a domination by the the Chiefs defense and the Chiefs offense. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, it, it certainly was a statement. I mean, not, not that the Chiefs needed to make one, but you know, they've, they've probably had their cages rattled a little bit with some of the talk in the press over the last couple of weeks. You know, a lot of people were high on the Browns' chance. You know, last week, obviously after the, what they did to the Steelers, um, ended up being a, a close game. But you know, I think Kansas City always had it. You know, really the Browns at arm's reach. If I'm being completely honest, and you know, that's obviously with my biased head on. Um, you know, I thought the Chiefs had some more gears to move into if they needed to. But last night, like I say, was just a complete domination. The offence, like I say, it is just so scary, isn't it? There's nobody that can match up to Travis Kelsey. Um be really interesting to see what uh, Todd Bowles draws up in the Super Bowl to try and defend Kelsey. Um, you know, again, he actually broke the the record for most catches in the championship game yesterday with 13. Um, just another phenomenal performance from him. Torrey Kill turned a, a sort of 10, 15-yard slant into a 70-yard gain with just unbelievable track speed. Um, just an absolute phenomenal player. Um, you know, obviously nightmare off the field let's not talk about that but on the field absolutely phenomenal in terms of what he can do and what he brings to the table uh, big loss potentially in Eric Fisher um, again we'll obviously you know talk about that more in terms of the Super Bowl preview as we get there the Bucks pass rush looked good yesterday so losing Eric Fisher won't be a good thing obviously for Kansas City um, he's got a long road back to recovery obviously with a torn ACL and even questions whether he'll be ready for the start of next season but you know they'll obviously not be worrying about that too much at this stage. It'll all be about uh, two weeks' time um, for the Chiefs. Let's finish off the conversation on the game, though, Kieran, about the Bills. You've obviously been Josh Allen's biggest fan. Um, you know, I think the growth that he's shown in terms of you know any quarterback into his third year from where he was in his second has been evident for all to see. I think, like Tim said, there were flashes yesterday, if you like, of a little bit of you know the moment possibly being a bit too big. 
um, you know, potentially too much pressure on his shoulders. We talked about the lack of run game and would it, you know, eventually come back to bite Buffalo in the backside? I think it eventually has done. Um, you know, you need to have a lot more of a rounded offense to, to relieve some of that pressure, particularly on a young quarterback. But just in terms of the Bills and Josh Allen, um, just your thoughts on, you know, what has been overall a really successful season and, and where you think they go from here. Yeah, in Josh Allen's first NFL season, he had 10 touchdowns. In his second, he had 20. In his third, this season, he had 40. So, you know what that means next season? 80 touchdowns from the uh, the big beast himself. <laughs> but no, the lack of the run game did really hurt him. And he had to take it into his own, own hands, quite literally. 88 yards on the ground, 12.6 <clears throat> yards average. It's better than any other running back in the NFL right now. Uh, and, you know, for a guy <laughs> six foot six, the balls on him to just take off like that is absolutely unbelievable. I don't think I could run that fast if my penis was that big. But he then threw for 287 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. Very unfortunate pick. But uh, the biggest problem I saw this whole game was the Bills' defense because, in my mind, they, they were sending four every single play. And they were basically running two high-safety shell almost every single play. And uh, 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 it was very, very predictable. My eyes, you put Matt Milano on Travis Kelsey. You, you just—he's a—he's a big guy, but he's also fast. He can keep up with Travis Kelsey. You can actually bully him, or even just smack him in the mouth at the line. Keep him pressed. Don't let him release like Travis Kelsey can, because as we know, Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end in the league right now, besides probably George Kittle. That's up for debate still. Um, the Bills' defense was predictable early. The Chiefs figured them out by the end of the first quarter and then put up 21 points in 15 minutes, which, you know, we're kind of used to seeing from this this Chiefs team. Ten, but uh, ten, 10 minutes. Whatever. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't even read, so don't rely on me to tell the time. Um, yeah, they they, um, they just kind of walked all over him and, and, you know, they always the Chiefs always do this thing where they get down and it's normally when they come out of the locker room they have this fire lit in them. But, you know, they, they did this after the, after the first quarter. And I, I do want to give a shout-out to the Chiefs for not giving up on Miko Hardman because a play like that can absolutely destroy a player's confidence. And you saw it when he walked off the sideline. He was embarrassed, but they gave him the chances back here and there. He went in there and proved himself. And it's great for that young man because I think he's a great player. And the sooner he takes over Ty Tyreek Hill's role, the better in my eyes. But yeah, the way this game went, the Bills were so predictable early. Like I said, you've got to get a guy like Milano to stick at the line, try and jam Travis Kelsey, stop letting him release into the middle of the field. And the fact that they run that too high safety shell almost every single play and they ran zones, I think something ridiculous, like 72% of the game. You can't play zone against the Chiefs with how quick the cuts are and how explosive their receiving core is. You cannot do that. You have to play man against the Chiefs. And I know you're thinking, how are you going to play um, man against um, like a Travis Kelsey or a Tyreek Kill. Simple. You peel a safety off, put him over the top of Hill, and then you put a cornerback underneath him. Same with Kelsey. You put a safety on top of him uh, and, a, uh, and a linebacker underneath him. There's so many ways they could have shut down this, this offense, but just nobody's had the answer. And I think the Bills gave it a good old college try, but this isn't college, guys. This is the NFL. And they need to really work on their defense coming into next season. In my opinion, Bills are still a favourite for me for next year's Super Bowl. It's hard to do a free P. It will go to three Super Bowls in a row. Just look at the Patriots, best team that's ever taken the field. And even they struggled to get back to three Super Bowls, uh, much less three Super Bowls in a row. So this Bills team, this Bills team is going to be absolutely nasty next year. And Josh Allen is going to be on a revenge tour all season. Like I said... The amount of improvement he's made is ridiculous. He's going to have 80 touchdowns this year. That's just how statistics work. And then the fact that no one's paying attention to this besides someone like me who has no social life or or because I live in a country where I have no friends, America, land of the free, home of the too much free time to watch quarterback throwing mechanics. Josh Allen has changed his whole throwing mechanics. 
in one off-season. Bear in mind, an off-season where you haven't had proper OTAs or a proper preseason or anything like that. He's literally changed his entire throwing mechanics. He doesn't do that weird front hop step. And I know this game isn't the best example of it, but he's so much more accurate. He's an absolute menace. And yeah... He kind of like gave up a couple sacks that he really shouldn't have for big losses of yardage that really, really hurt them. But I think it's like what I've been saying about Washington. Washington are a quarterback away from being Super Bowl champions. And I truly believe that. I know Lawrence will enjoy that. But I think the Bills are actually just a running back away from being Super Bowl champions. They've got Stefan Diggs. They've got Cole Beasley. But they don't have a guy in the backfield who they can line up out there and who's actually a legitimate threat, who's going to get yards and who's going to make defenses think they knew that they only maybe had to worry about Josh Allen taking off for a run which is what even then they didn't quarterback spy him much but yeah this Bills team could potentially be the next big dynasty in football if they just get a running back that's all they need this game you know the Bills would have won this game if they had a running back and I I I know you're going to scoff and laugh oh it's the Chiefs we love the Chiefs no bollocks if the Bills had a, no, sorry, but if the Bills had a top running back like a, a Le'Veon Bell or maybe even a Clyde Edwards-Helaire, if they had a, le- a good running back who they can you know count on to pound the rock, they would have won this game. I even said before the game, screw this whole oh we'll take T.J. Yeldon and he he was good five years ago and you know Singletary can kind of carry the ball without fumbling. Stick Cole Beasley in there. Why not? He's fast. He can take a hit. He would have at least got 50, 60 rushing yards. And that could have been the difference between win or loss for this Bills team. So, you know, two teams to watch out for next year. Washington when they get a quarterback and Bills when they get a running back. Because if this Bills team gets a running back, they are deadly. I mean, there's quite a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, firstly, firstly, I just want to point out, if the Washington football team or whatever they are, whenever the time comes, if they win the Super Bowl before the Baltimore Ravens, we need to have an hour podcast just on Lawrence, just to see, (laughs) and just to get to to break it all down. Secondly... And I'll be um, naked, by the way. Cancel that pod then. Um, (laughs) we stream on Pornhub, it's fine. And and just uh, it's just a shout out to Colby. I don't think he would have played, could have played much running back in in that game. He played the last three games with a broken leg. So, shout out to him as well for for not only being a rapper and bringing the sauce every week for um, yeah, for toughing it out for someone that's probably my size. I won't necessarily say my weight, and yeah, obviously, he's probably got a tiny bit more athleticism on on him than me than i have but um yeah to play three games yeah just just a little bit just to play, to play the, the playoffs with a was it a broken fibula or whatever uh yeah, yeah fair, fair props to you sir no absolutely and uh, you know look yeah kieran love the passion as always the the chiefs would have won this game regardless of who was in the backfield for the bills i'm, I'm sorry the chiefs are just by far the better side at the moment in time um travis kelsey I don't really think it's a debate, to be completely honest. Um, he's by far the best tight end that's out there at the moment. You've only got to look at the numbers that he's put up this year. He's just record after record after record. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal week in and week out. And, you know, look, most of the talk, I'm sure, in the next two weeks will be about Tom Brady. It will be about the books. It will be about the fact that they're playing at home and all of the rest of it that goes with it. Make no mistake about it, the Kansas City Chiefs are big favourites going into this game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't think that's up for debate. You know, we've talked about the MVP race, and we, you know, we we try and put other people into the MVP debate when we talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talked at the back at the sort of halfway stage of the season about Russell Wilson. You know, like him or not, he can have ketchup on his steak as much as he wants. That guy has just won 25 of his last 26 games that he's played. Doesn't matter. He's still a wrong one. <laughs> wrong or not, mate? Get him. Mate. I'll tell you what. You know, you say you say that the the Patriots will take Aaron Rodgers and they'll take anybody that's coming. You know, let, let's make one thing clear: Patrick Mahomes will never, ever, ever be on the free market because the Chiefs will nail him down for the rest of his career. Let alone his ten-year contract. They'll be extending that again if he carries on at uh, at this rate. Just just a, just a point on Buffalo. Just to, uh, before this becomes into a Buffalo bashing contest, and and I, I know it wasn't much of a contest, but the one thing I will say is going into the fourth quarter, there were only two scores down. Obviously, two two touchdowns and two two-pointers, but 
they were, they were still within two scores and driving until these you know, Allen's fourth fourth quarter inception. So, like I say, that, as bad as they were, and how, however outclassed they were for, for the whole game, they were only still two score you know, two scores. Yeah, get three. How many times do you get three or four possessions in the fourth quarter? Um, you know, if they score, if they score that touchdown it, rather than an interception, whole different ball game. If you if you if you're in a championship game in the fourth quarter. Don't don't care don't care who it yeah Buffalo should at least yeah if they're going to take a positive from that it, obviously it's Josh Allen's trajectory and his progression but it's also the fact that they were in it's still still in the game until that that, that inception of the yeah I, I kind of get where you're coming from but I'd also counter that with you know if you're playing still at this stage of the season you know you should be within two scores it should be the best two teams slugging it out come the end of it and it should be a close game unfortunately. Like I say, it did feel like a little bit of a blowout from the minute that the Chiefs got the noses in front and ultimately it was relatively comfortable. I mean, yeah, it'll go in the book as a Josh Allen interception. I think for what it's worth, he was unlucky with that one. Deflected, didn't it? So, yeah, that was a little bit unfortunate. But, yeah, Chiefs still... You know, for me at least, you know, class on. You say, you say that though, like, but the Buccaneers were blowing out of Green Bay, Green Bay until Tom Brady started throwing three, three interceptions. So you know, you could say only, only, all it takes, right? So, hypothetically, Josh Allen scores that touchdown, they get the two point conversion. It only takes Mahomes to trip up and fumble the ball. It only takes one silly little thing to then go back the other way. Yeah, yeah, momentum, momentum, momentum is huge. Don't get me wrong, but you know there is no substitute for points being already on the scoreboard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you know, and like we talked about with the Green Bay game, you know, ultimately people all want to sort of question the decision to call pass interference at the end. People can talk about the field goal decision. You know, the reality is that when they were five points behind, the Packers had two drives and they went three and out when trading by five. You know, the points on the board is, is the key thing. And, you know, even at 16 points behind, yeah, I know what you're saying. Technically speaking, yeah, two two scores and all the rest of it. But, you know, it was a long, long way back. And ultimately, they never got back. Kieran, I can see you do want to make a point, mate. But I am going to move us on just for the interests of time. And we're not going to get into it in a great deal of depth, fellas, because we've got two weeks to build up to it now. And uh, we will certainly be doing that. And like I say, we will be laying you all know very shortly what the plans are from the gang over the course of Super Bowl week, but just very quickly, fellas, just really interested from a snap point of view, where you think the Lombardi Trophy will be residing once we uh, are back on the air in two weeks' time and the big game is done and dusted. Uh, so, Lawrence, let's come to you first, buddy. Where do you think Super Bowl 55 ends up being uh, won? KC. KC, I think the Buccaneers' pass defence is opportunistic. You look at Sean Murphy bunting, he's not the greatest cover corner, but boy, has he come up with the goods. I mean, three three games in a row, um, three picks, but he can get beaten. And I just think that, that Buccaneers secondary, if those safeties don't heal, um, they're going to be problems. They're going to be big problems. And they're, the only thing that, that's going to get better is Patrick Mahomes' toe. We talk about him moving around the field. I think the reality was he still had a slightly weird gait to him. Um, and if you look at his rushing stats, five for five, it, it, he, was, he wasn't wanting to run the ball at all. He was moving and, you know, you know how he moves and, you know, that gorgeous little flick to, to Kelsey for the touchdown. But, you know, he 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 needs to bring a, back, bring a bit of that movement back and he, he'll like to get a few first downs rushing. And you could see that he wasn't wanting to do that. So if he heals up, I just can't see that Bucks secondary preventing him. They might, they might, the Bucks might go 14-0 up in, you know, in the first quarter, but that doesn't really mean anything anymore. If you if yeah. you're playing the Chiefs, yeah, no, I completely agree with you, mate. Kieran, your thoughts? Um, I feel like it's kind of a storybook sort of thing for Brady, and the NFL tends to play out like a movie a lot of times. So I think think it'd be interesting to see. And you know, seven Super Bowl rings is absolutely goat tier. So uh, my my head says Kansas City, though. There's not a lot you can do to stop them. Like I said, with the Bills' defense, they should have just, you know, sent free and and kept more guys across the middle of the field. But you know, teams don't do the sensible thing now, and they 
the the, the Bucks will probably have a few runs stuffed very early and then just go to the air, and I think that'll be their downfall. Interesting, Tim. Um, I mean, I'd probably say, I want to say the Bucks so it jinx them so the Kansas City wins. Um, I, I just can't deal with another Brady Sidball. I mean, we will miss him when he's gone, blah, 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 all the rest of it, but I'm just bored. Um, the, the, I think, I suppose the person we really should be asking is Tony Romo, because back in week six, when the, 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 the Tampa Bay-Kansas City game finished, he said that he thinks that he, he, he thought that both of those teams would be in the Super Bowl. And obviously, you know, 13, 14 weeks later, wherever it is. So, you know, I, I suppose we just got to ask the GOAT Tony, Tony Romo. The goat Tony Romo. <laughs> my word, my word. Interesting stat there. The books are actually seven and zero since coming back from their bye week, so they haven't actually tasted defeat in a couple of months. Um, obviously, the the single defeat for KC was the end of season game against the Chargers, which obviously didn't feature many of their star players. So, yeah, I suppose you could technically make an argument there. Pretty much undefeated, uh, undefeated since the uh, defeat to the Raiders way back in week four. Um, yeah, so I think as always. You know, by hook or by crook, I think we've ended up with the two correct teams in the uh, in the in the big dance. Um, there's plenty of storylines, as Kieran's alluded to, um, for the NFL to really uh, get behind, and there'll be plenty of uh, narrative built. Don't get me wrong, around you know what it would mean for a seventh ring and the first uh, team to play in their Super Bowl being held in their own stadium and all of that kind of malarkey. We're going to have plenty of that uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, and it's sure to be a belter. Um, as I've alluded to, we will have you covered all the way um, right up until Super Bowl. There'll be some written um, articles over the course of the next couple of days just around some thoughts around the conference championship games and the fallout from those. But Tim, do you want to start to let people know about the plans for the full 10 yards in the run-up to Super Bowl, matey? Yeah, it would have been good if I had planned it and I went down. Um, yeah, obviously Super Bowl week. Uh, we've got a lot of guests lined up. Uh, there's going to be chances for you, if everyone listening and watching and that's been on social media and watching these to get involved and we've got prizes to give away there will be content every single day in super bowl week uh i so say keep your eyes peeled on, on social media on how that's going to work but like i say we're going to get a mixture of of you know celebrities um people well known in the nfl uk kind of community we're also obviously going to have a going to have a full 10 yards fam- family reunion of sort of sorts one day and then let's say um we'll uh, we have a, a massive uh, betting podcast sorted in, in, in the pipeline of works, and uh, yeah, I say we will have a, a on the on the Wednesday of, of Super Bowl week is going to be a, a particularly uh, a particularly fun thing that you can all go, all you guys can get involved in. So yeah, obviously yeah, I'll, I'll probably post something out uh, tomorrow or, or Thursday uh, image wise, and then um, yeah, so quite excited to, to divulge all of that. But make sure you you kind of following us, and let's say there are prizes to be won, uh, conversations to be had. Uh, so hopefully yeah, everyone can join us. Yeah, absolutely. That was a real tease. That was mate. That you sort of said everything without saying anything. There, that was marvelously well done, mate. Marvelously a politician. Well done. You certainly should. You certainly should. <laughs> but yeah, just in terms of that Wednesday in particular, um, you know, something we've been uh, working on throughout the course of the season. Um, if you have watched any of the full 10 questions, you'll know that we like to put your NFL knowledge to the test. And as Tim has alluded to, hopefully on that Wednesday in the run up to Super Bowl, there'll be a chance for plenty of you to join us. Uh, more probably detail. something, probably something else for, for Ross to win. I think Ross, I think Ross, I know you're watching. Are you, you winning the, uh, the, the playoff bracket as well. I think you absolutely, you take us, you clean us out. He does. <laughs> yeah, we might as well actually employ him. He's got that much of our merchandise to be fair. Yeah. We might as well yeah. just employ him. Probably be cheaper more. in the long run, wouldn't it? Yeah. He's got more than I've got. <laughs> but yeah looking forward to the course of the next couple of weeks like I say plenty to look forward to and get into um, you know obviously sad when we get to this stage of the year that there is only the one game left um, but obviously um, it's the biggest one of the lot and, and the one that we look forward to more than any on the course of the season and it promises to be a belter um, so fingers crossed for another good game yeah Ross has just confirmed so far ladies and gents he's got non-rung so far in terms of the pick and competition I'm and good. I would I would I would hazard a guess he's gone for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if anybody if anybody's behind him, for God's sake, just pick the books, regardless of what you think, because if you want a chance of winning, you'll have no chance if the Chiefs win, because Ross will obviously have gone rightfully so for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the big dance. The four of us will be back next Monday um, with our regular Monday edition of the podcast. We'll obviously give some thoughts on the Super Bowl 
we'll talk about the Pro Bowl weekend in whatever they're going to throw out at us. Um, probably not for too long. I wouldn't get overly excited. But it'll be interesting to see what they actually do in the uh, in the COVID year. Um, obviously, there's, there's plans for the weekend, but it's, uh, it's all been a little bit cloak and dagger, so we'll have a little bit of a chat about that. Obviously, any news that breaks over the course of the week, maybe Deshaun Watson finds a new home, maybe the Texans hire... A new head coach. Who knows? There could be all sorts of things happening in the world of the NFL. It never really rests, does it? That's it for us for the week. Obviously, like I say, keep your eyes peeled to all of the channels for the announcements around the upcoming content. Mm -hmm. Obviously, make sure that you are subscribed in terms of all of the regular podcast providers. And uh, a pleasure, as always, gents, on a Monday evening to chat with you. Um, Kieran, enjoy the rest of your week, mate. Yeah, uh, just before we sign off, I do need to give a crazy stat about Patrick Mahomes. Go on, Patrick Mahomes. Let's catch up on his state. Will play in two Super Bowls before ever losing an NFL game by more than one possession. Last game he lost by more than one possession was in 2016 versus Iowa State, and he lost. By more points to Iowa State, 56 in 2016, than he has all losses combined during his NFL career, which is only 44 points, which is crazy stat. And he's a crazy stat. He's also the youngest quarterback to have appeared in uh, two Super Bowls, doing it before the age of 25. So as much as I said that Tom Brady's 10 will never be beaten, yeah, Mahomes is making a good fist of it. We'll see uh, how the next decade pans out for Patrick Mahomes. Lawrence, hopefully uh, your delayed Uber Eats was worth the wait, my friend. What did you have? Oh, I had a, had a, had a lovely curry and some chips and some and a Peshwari naan. Oh, I love a Peshwari naan. Shit. None of this plain naan, Lark. It's got to be a Peshwari naan. Um, really important. Got two little things to say. Um, number one, Tim, in terms of my... Pornhub feed. Um, I think it, it will be called Buffalo Bashing. I think that is that is a perfect name for it. Uh, <laughs> and and number two, um, just wanted to just say a tiny little story. So there I am. I'm friends with um, Dan Pompey, who's a famous writer on Facebook, and he he put a picture up of the. Hall of Fame um, selection meeting, which they had on Zoom. And I looked at the kind of panel. I think it's 45 um, journalists and ex-players and, and what have you that are, that are on it. And I was like, my God, this is white. You know, this is, this is like <laughs> looking at an American's kind of tooth, you know, like, you know, some actor or actress's mouth. It was that white. Um, so I posted up on it. I was like, when is the point? that we're going to have some equality in terms of the hall of fame selection panel, because we're, we're voting in every year, a majority of African American players. So why, why is the panel not representative? Now, Dan Pompey didn't come back to me on his feed, but another hall of fame um, voter did. And I, I've, I struck up a, an immediate friendship, and I'll be speaking to him um, at some point this week. So hopefully we can we can play that during during Super Bowl week. So I'm really looking forward to that. So you know, to totally by accident, but but really great stuff. And I'll leave you with just one. You know, I can't I can't leave a podcast without a little quiz question. So here we go. Which NFL running back played was on the roster was on a Super Bowl roster last year and didn't play and has made it back to a second Super Bowl on a different team and probably will also be inactive for this Super Bowl. Darwin Thompson? No. Who did the Chiefs play last year? I can't bloody remember. Shady McCoy. Yep. Bless him. He's, he's made two Super Bowls and he's probably going to be inactive for both of them. Because he holds what? the ball like this. Not a bad, not a bad way to make just, a living. Just on, just on that point, I know obviously I'm going to sign off at some point, but uh, I just, uh, just shout out to the Cedars fans who have to contemplate either Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell getting a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a Super Bowl ring. I thought you might enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it does bring a smile to my face. Tim, any, any, I, I don't think you can beat those as closing words, mate, but I'll give you the opportunity. Um, no, and obviously, I know in the off season we won't have um, kind of much to react to. So I'm probably might. I've had to do a, a segment at the end where we just talk talk something random. So I was having cereal this morning, and do you know what? There's no, there's nothing worse than I feel for than the the bits of cereal left in the box after you finish the portion, the the, the, the box of cereal because they just like, you know, like so I had cornflakes, right? I had uh, crunchy nut cornflakes, other cereal variations are available. So I, I finished the I finished the packet off, and then there were like there were two little cornflakes in at the bottom of the box. I thought that's such a sad life that they you know, they've spent all that time growing in the field, been packaged, they've been sent to the supermarket. I have bought that cereal packet, and they've just been thrown in the bin. What a waste of what a waste of life. That levy on Bell in Kansas City, really, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Can, someone, can someone please introduce Tim to a bit of fresh air? Tim, I know it's a lockdown, but please, I applaud you <laughs> go out and get some fresh air in your lungs. We're talking about lack of flavour in the uh, Hall of Fame voting committee. Him <laughs> bloody cornflakes. Uh, yeah, he, he still linked it back to NFL. Always the pro, mate. Always oh, the pro. Always yeah. the pro. Right, guys, I think we definitely better get out of here. Like I say, keep your eyes peeled to all of our social channels for info on what we'll be delivering Super Bowl week. I promise you there will be more than talk of just calling. <laughs> I promise you that indeed. As always, in the great words of Mr. Kevin Cadle from the four of us, it is bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com